information you want, the information you need on your Tri-Cities Morning News. Good day to you. You're listening to the Kona News Podcast, an abridged version of the Tri-City Morning News that we run live here Monday through Friday every week on News Radio 610 KONA. I'm Derek Maselli. And I'm Glenn Vaughn. And the flag marking Breast Cancer Awareness Month is flying over a parking garage at Cadillac in Richland. I think it means a lot to the people that work here at Cadillac who have been through a lot over the last 18 months to know that the community is supportive and there are a lot of uh, folks out there in the corners of these patients when they get a cancer diagnosis. Jim Hall with Cadillac talking with our partners at Keeper Action News. Today is the deadline for Washington State employees to receive their final COVID-19 vaccination shot in order to comply with Governor Jay Inslee's vaccine mandate. Inslee issued that mandate back in August requiring employees uh, school employees, health care workers, long-term care facility workers, and other state contractors and other things of the sort to become fully vaccinated. The big deadline was that October 18th one. That means that today is the last day for state workers to either get their second dose of the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine or their first dose of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine in order to be considered fully vaccinated before the deadline since it takes about two weeks to become fully effective after that is administered. Several state agencies have already begun sending separation notices to employees who failed to either provide proof of vaccination or apply for medical or religious exemptions. Meanwhile, thousands gathered in Olympia yesterday to protest or protest said mandate. Drivers hit the Tri-City Raceway trial over the uh, for the first time in 17 years at the uh, sold-out Fall Classic this weekend. The uh, two events sold out their admission tickets as well as our RV parking space. Each day featured multiple races between five vehicle classes. Organizers expect the track to continue hosting one to two big race events each year into the future with smaller events in between. Looking to be the best in show, Columbia Park was site of the Tri-City Fall Dog Show Cluster over the weekend. The Walla Walla and Richland Kennel Clubs hosted a series of events highlighted by the course and ability test in which titles were awarded after dogs' times were converted to miles per hour as they chased a lure kind of around a cool little course setup. Uh, Those were then converted to points. Washington residents can now uh, try to opt out of Washington's uh, long-term care tax. The opt-out period began Friday for the new mandatory payroll tax that will get underway January 1st. The uh, tax will fund the new long-term care insurance benefit program called WaCares Fund, which intends to help retired Washingtonians pay for expenses related to long-term care. Residents who opt out of paying for the tax will not be eligible to rate the insurance benefits once they retire. Residents can opt out if they purchase qualifying private health insurance by November 1 and submit an exemption application through the Employment Security Department. They want your input, the Washington State Redistricting Commission, asking you to sound off after releasing four draft maps of Washington's next congressional districts. We have 10 congressional districts. We didn't gain or lose any this cycle. Last week, the four voting commissioners released state legislative maps. Those are the districts we used to send people to Olympia to handle state business. These districts are the congressional districts which send people to Washington, D.C. to handle federal business. Jamie Nixon of the commission. The final state legislative map and congressional maps will need three of four votes from the commission, which means a lot of wrangling to be done before the November 15 deadline.
And the Port of Seattle has fired Chief Rod Covey following an investigation into allegations of workplace misconduct. Covey had been on administrative leave since June of last year. The port not really offering any details on the substance of the allegations against him. However, a port police officer filed a lawsuit last summer in which he said Covey and other superior officers racially discriminated. Lastly, the 2021 Portland Marathon is in the books, having drawn nearly 4,000 athletes to the streets of downtown Sunday, according to the Oregonian. This year's event would have been the 50th annual Portland Marathon if last year's race hadn't been canceled. Due to COVID, organizers say the anniversary milestone will be celebrated next year. You're listening to the Kona News Podcast, giving you a taste of the Pacific Northwest and then some. Speaking of the and then some, it's the first Monday in October. That means the Supreme Court will begin its session. NBC News Radio National Correspondent Michael Bauer is going to help us take a look at what is expected from the justices in the coming weeks. I'm Derek Maselli. I'm Glenn Fogg. And boy, they've got a lot of important cases in front of them. It's almost exciting, as exciting as wildcard baseball here, Glenn. Not quite, but it's almost there. They start their brand new term this week. In fact, it's officially today. It's going to be the first time in 19 months due, from the COVID pandemic that oral arguments will be made in person rather than virtually, with the exception of Justice Brett Kavanaugh, who tested positive for COVID at the end of last week. Uh, He's fully vaccinated, according to what we're hearing, not showing any signs of symptoms, but still doing a quarantine at this point in time. So he'll be in virtually for the first little bit of this, and then he'll get to join uh, the other justices later on when they consider pivotal cases that will be taking on some of the most contentious issues in American politics, religion, guns, abortion, all on their docket, all on their calendar going forward here. And courtroom dramas this term may be matched or even eclipsed by several outside pressures facing the institution. We've already seen, based upon a decision where uh, you had the bare majority of five justices decline to block that strict Texas abortion law from taking effect, you've already seen on that front alone a Gallup poll that came out shortly after that says that Americans as a whole believe less in the Supreme Court and trust the Supreme Court less. They're getting a 40% approval rating, which they had been at a 49 back in July. So they're dropping on their approval rating for the work that they're doing already, and they haven't really sat down this year for their new term. They're going to start doing that this week. So, But those were based largely upon what they're calling at this point in time the shadow docket. The courts get that quick request in an emergency situation on some form of a judgment. There's no real oral arguments to be had with that. They provide less, much less explanation for their reasoning, and then they release their hearing and their, their result for it, and that's where Americans are going are you just bringing your politics into this? It doesn't sound like you're doing much to argue it. Again, it is a, a a judgment situation in an emergency situation that they're doing this on. They're actually having the oral arguments beginning today for different things. But this is one of those types of situations that is having an effect on what they do, so much so that you're seeing the Biden administration ask for an investigation into the Supreme Court that they'll have results on coming up around November, right when they're in the thick of all of their open arguments and debates in regards to these different type of topics. So there's pressure there, and you're going to see pressure certainly coming forward as it pertains to some of those uh, decisions on the shadow docket, whether it's the abortion law or uh, making uh, allowing colleges to require students to have a vaccine before they go to school there, or the eviction notification, all that kind of stuff is already circulating drama to the tune where these justices feel like they have to go out and have been defending themselves over the past week plus, saying we aren't bringing politics to the table when it comes to these legal decisions. 
Mike, you briefed us on so much that's going on, and I guess that's what happens when so much time goes by before we really get back into the thick of things being in person yeah. like this. Is there, on on this docket here, is there like a, a checklist or a timeline or an itinerary even laid out as to what's going to be heard and when? Kind of, yes. So so we know generally the topics that they've signed off on, which in and of itself kind of brings, you know, okay, well, that's what they want to talk about. They want to have discussions. Doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to rule on it. They may send, they may, their ruling may be, we're going to send it back down to the lower courts because we feel they've made the right decision on it. Those kinds of things can happen. There's sometimes a lot of legal gymnastics that will go on for all this. But when they are taking on a new challenge to Roe versus Wade, a fight over the New York state gun law, a case regarding aid for religious schools, a battle over alleged discrimination against HIV patients, and a case over claims that the FBI infiltrated a mosque. That's kind of the starting point. Those are the ones that we are aware of here. And we've seen some of the scheduling. Like, they're going to ramp up to get to the uh, the abortion part of their debate. That's not going to happen until right around December 1st, at least according to the schedule that they've got laid out right now. Uh, also, kind of around November 3rd is when they're supposed to take up the New York gun law and whether the question of the Second Amendment covers the right to carry firearms outside of the home will be a big one there. Uh, they're looking at taking on that religious uh, case with the, the student aid program for schools that teach religious content. That will also be in December. But largely, these big topics that we're hearing now will all be, at least on the schedule, to have discussion on some level before the end of the year. So that means there's more room after the first of the year for more discussion as well. Michael, can you give us some more details about what the Biden administration wants to find out from the Supreme Court with this investigation? Is this just because they didn't act on what they perceive as, you know, a dire situation with the Texas law? What exactly is the crux of their argument? Well, there, there is some of that. There's some of that has to do with it. There's, there's questions about how, and, and this goes back to things like President Trump saying that he was going to be bringing in justices that would do away with Roe versus Wade. And then all of a sudden comes this ruling, this emergency ruling, uh, on whether or not they should block the, the, uh, uh, the, the Texas abortion law. That's a part of it. You know, also, I think Biden is kind of upset that he wasn't able to get the justices to agree to extend uh, an eviction moratorium after COVID. That became a part of it. So there are elements here where you're seeing the Biden administration want to conduct an investigation to make sure that they're working within the realms that they are supposed to be working in and they aren't bringing politics to the table of casting these judgments at large. I mean, everybody comes in kind of with their own beliefs. And frankly, you don't wake up every day doing anything from brushing your teeth to anything with a little bit of sway from your background and your beliefs in it. But at the end of the day, they're making the decision uh, for what the rulings are in the court, having very little to do with the world of politics. So, Michael, is there any precedent for this kind of investigation? Because I I hearken back to a lot of people saying, well, John Roberts is super conservative and he's going to shoot down Obamacare. And it came came to find out John Roberts supported Obamacare and kept it on the books. So, Is there precedent to say an administration, the executive branch can do this, or is it sour grapes and they're just trying to figure out why their policies aren't getting approved? I I think I I don't I'm not sure that there's been as explosive an investigation as this has been in the past. And largely, I think what you're seeing from the Biden administration is not pointing to somebody as doing something wrong and then trying to get them uh, barred from the from the 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 Supreme Court. It's more of, uh, I think, in the Biden case 
are we talking about the possibility of adding more justices to the mix? So I think that's largely where the foundation from this investigation uh, comes from. But but at the end of the day, it seems like it's kind of a nonchalant investigation happening behind the scenes. But with enough that come November, if they start releasing information of things that they found or that they feel were too political in use by the members of the Supreme Court, then that opens up a whole bunch of questions for the American public while they're in the thralls of these discussions, while they're in the midst of ruling on these discussions. And then that becomes a big political element here as well. So that it, it, I don't think that there's especially now heading into midterm elections next year, I don't think I've seen anything like this trying to rise its head up come the end of the year here with the sole purpose of what appears to be politics. Again, that's NBC's Michael Bauer. We've got more Pacific Northwest regional news coming up right here on the Kona News Podcast. You're listening to the Kona News Podcast Daily News updates from the Tri-City Morning News. I'm Derek Maselli. And I'm Glenn Vaughn. We'll start things off with your News Radio 610 KONA Wildfire Watch. Now that elk season is underway, hunters are being warned to stay out of closed areas near the Schneider Springs fire. Work to fully contain the blaze still underway, and officials say that much of the wildfire has already uh, or much of the wildlife, excuse me, has already fled the restricted areas. As it sits right now, that fire has burned over 107,000 acres and is about 55% contained. The Forest Service conducting its fall prescribed burns in the Okanagan Wenatchee National Forest. They're happening near the Entiat Ranger District, including near the summit of Blewett Pass, east of Highway 97. As we go into the fall season, we anticipate having more of these prescribed burns across the National Forest where conditions allow. Robin DeMario with the Forest Service says smoke will be highly visible at times, but that's all according to plan. More than $19 million to the Washington State Department of Ecology to help them do their job. Surplus, C-E-R-C-L-A. And this provides funding to various agencies, usually regulatory agencies. Nina Menard is the cleanup section manager for the Department of Ecology's nuclear waste program. We perform oversight of what DOE is actually doing to clean up the soil and the groundwater and contaminated buildings on site. Over 2 billion gallons of contaminated groundwater is treated at the site annually. The U.S. Department of Agriculture will buy more than $16 million of Pacific seafood, giving Oregon's seafood industry a boost. The purchase includes $9 million of Pacific whiting fillets, $4 million worth of Pacific rockfish, and another $4 million in Pacific salad shrimp. This purchase follows a $46 million purchase that was made by the USDA back in May. A law signed signed by President Biden that Washington Congressman Dan Newhouse helped write increases coverage for farmers who lost crops both this year or last year, especially those that were damaged by smoke or excessive heat. The Extending Government Funding and Delivering Emergency Assistance Act went into effect on Friday. Another airline telling employees to get vaccinated against COVID-19. Seattle-based Alaska Airlines alerted its workers late last week to the mandate, as it is a government contractor. The requirement could come as soon as December 8th. A spokesperson for the airline declined to say exactly how many employees have already gotten vaccinated, but noted it is a significant majority. 
There is a $200 incentive that the company is offering in place of employees who do prove they've rolled up their sleeves. Workers have until December 1st to upload their proof. Meow. The Tri-Cities Animal Shelter has a special request for all you pet owners out there. Cannot express to anybody how important it is to stay and neuter your animals. We have just seen a very overwhelming kitten and cat season this year. We're not the only ones filling it. Everybody in our region is. Executive Director Rebecca Howard says the shelter recommends having kittens fixed as early as three months old. The shelter is also offering to spay or uh, neuter feral cats. Seattle has three new link light rail stations. Sound Transit says the new stations opened on Saturday to improve access to the University District and Northgate. The new stations located near Roosevelt High School in the U District and near the Kraken Community Iceplex in Northgate. This is the Kona News Podcast, a condensed version of what you hear on the Tri-Cities Morning News in South Central and Southeastern Washington, also in North Central Oregon, Monday through Friday. Make sure you subscribe to listen along to not only these daily newscasts, but also very special feature interviews with different national correspondents and newsmakers. Derek Maselli saying thanks for listening.